Tell me something, friends. Are you happy with those Oscar wins? Or do you need more? Why'd they give that shit to Green Book for? Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yanis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. On this episode, as promised, uh, in a previous episode, I reacted to the Oscar nominations. I shared uh, my thoughts, what I thought were some of the most egregious snubs, and uh, kind of shared my predictions for what I hope to see win the Academy Awards this year. So I'm recording this the day after the uh, 91st Academy Awards ceremony has taken place. And, uh, it, you know, it's no better time to follow up on that previous episode um, and kind of just give my reactions. Uh, I was live tweeting the the show as it was happening. So do you want to hear my kind of constant thoughts uh, as to every single winner and every single moment in the show? Uh, you can you can follow, uh, follow us on Twitter at Crooked Table. Um, so I just wanted to go directly to the oscars.org website which is where i went last time when i did this and if i sound a little bit different it's because i am now a mid 30 something uh who's wearing braces uh for the first time so if i sound my voice sounds at all different or slightly uh muffled or i, I don't even, wouldn't even know how to describe it um that's that's what you're noticing uh, as far as the different sound of my voice so uh, and I'm on Oscars.org, and I'm uh, at the uh, the list of the nominees, and of course now the winners. And I'm just going to go straight order as I did last time. Uh, just before we do that, let me touch on. So the, there was a big uh, discussion about you know the controversies with the lack of a host, with the uh, the popular film Oscar that didn't happen, with the present all 24 hashtag present all 24. Uh, backlash as far as the four categories that were going to be presented during the commercials. Uh, I'm glad that the popular film Oscar didn't happen. I'm glad that the uh, the editing and uh, forget what the cinematography and then there was a couple other ones. I think makeup and hairstyling and then one of the shorts. Uh, I'm happy that they were all presented during the telecast. I I don't know. I'm not as well versed in documentary or uh, short films as I should be. So I, I really like that the Oscars give more exposure to those uh, to those films those filmmakers and those teams uh just on for me on a personal level as well as you know just uh they're they're getting their time in the spotlight uh as well as the uh, hollywood elite so um i am probably also in the minority of feeling like i i did still miss the fact that there wasn't an oscar host um i grew up a lot with billy crystal and Whoopi goldberg and people like that hosting the Oscars. So I always feel like they bring a certain uh, a certain momentum to to the show. And if you see my tweets as the show was happening, I was hypothesizing a lot and kind of being, I guess, uh, vocalizing my frustration and that, that they kept having people come on stage, these great pairings of Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, and, uh, you know, Jason Momoa and Helen Mirren, like these great, like, little mini teams would come on stage uh and you any feel like it felt like any of those would have been a really solid host um without having someone kind of as a thread throughout the, the telecast i did feel like there were moments where 
where it kind of lagged where uh you know even at the especially at the end just julia roberts coming out there and be like well i, I guess that's it bye everyone um I, I just there were a lot of like little uh little touches like that that made it feel less cohesive and more just like all right i guess it's time for this like i saw someone on twitter i can't remember who it was so i apologize just saying how it felt like without a host it just felt like they were checking off boxes They're like oh and now this one oh okay that's the one there right, and now this one it was it was just very uh procedural and uh, didn't have the same sort of uh celebrational aspect to it without a host so i'm hoping that the academy will maybe learn from this as far as uh, not indulging in as many gags. I didn't, I don't really, you know, I don't really care if that much for the, like the Ellen selfie that, that broke the internet or, you know, taking people across the way and having them get hand out popcorn or whatever. Uh, those kinds of gimmicks I think are really, eh, really cheap and just kind of eaten to the runtime. Uh, but I do think there's something to be said for having an MC on stage who can kick off the, the show with, with a, a really strong monologue that summarizes the year in cinema and, uh, you know, to, to kind of hold everything together, keep it moving and react uh, when something crazy happens, uh, when a surprise winner takes the stage or or something like that. And, uh, you know, both both celebrate things and also kind of poke a little fun and keep the keep the Oscars from being too self-serious. I, I think we could have used a little bit of that this uh, this year. So going into the winners, as I said, this is going to be like last time, completely all over the place as far as the order. Um, this one, you know, I would normally prefer to start with like the smaller categories and build up, but the way that Oscars.org has them, I guess, is looks like it might be alphabetical by category. So, actor in a leading role is actually first, and then kind of goes down like that. So we'll just, for simplicity's sake, we'll just roll with the the same order from last time. Uh, so let's start with actor in a leading role. So going into here, this is a, this was a tough one for me because I uh, I did see all the films this year that were nominated for more than one award. So I didn't get a chance to see all the foreign language films or all the documentaries uh, or actually a couple of the makeup and hairstyling nominees, but I did see all the acting nominees and uh, and all the, you know, repeat uh, nominees. So anything that got two or more nominations. So for this category, I, I did really feel like most of these were really kind of overrated performances in a way. Um, Christian Bale is, is, is good advice, but I'm not a huge fan of that movie. In fact, I'm not a fan of that movie. Uh, I think Bradley Cooper's been getting way too been getting way too much love for Star Is Born. Uh, Viggo Mortensen not a fan of his performance that much. And Green Book, uh, we'll get to the Green Book thing later, as I hinted at the top of the show. Um, Remy Malek's win for Bohemian Rhapsody would have been fine if it was the only win for that movie. I mentioned last time uh, in the corresponding episode to this one that I was not a really big fan of Bohemian Rhapsody in general. Uh, the the movie, not the song. The song is amazing. Um, so I was really kind of hoping that Willem Dafoe would come through as a little bit of a dark horse, sort of Roberto Benigni this thing, and, and blow everybody's minds by coming completely out of nowhere. Uh think at Eternity's Gate is a really solid film and I think his work is in that is very understated and it's his fourth, nom- fourth nomination he's not quite to Glenn Close levels of uh, snow of uh, you know being passed over and losing at the Oscars but he's getting there and you know the fact that he uh, he did so great in the Florida Project I thought would maybe help him kind of sneak in there and at least get some of the votes so uh, even though, honestly, I kind of knew that was a long shot. So Remy Malek for Behemoth Rhapsody, that's fine. It, the movie's whatever, but his performance is honestly the best thing about it, um, other than, of course, the Queen music. Actor in a supporting role. I was really, 
uh, I was really kind of hoping this would go to either Richard E. Grant or Sam Elliott. Uh, Sam Rockwell is basically a cameo there, and Adam Driver will probably be uh, have another shot at, at this category or another uh, in the near future. But I thought Sam Elliott had some of the... I'm not a. I was not. Uh, I don't love A Star Is Born. I think it's it's decent, but uh, not like the second coming of cinema. Uh, but Sam Elliott, I think the emotional most emotional moments in that movie come from him. And Richard E. Grant, if you've been following him on Twitter throughout this whole process, has been like just loving the whole um, or social media. I don't know if it's just Twitter. You might be on Instagram too, but uh, he's just been loving the fact that he was an Oscar nominee and really. Uh, very exuberant and and uh, excited and and that's kind of an infectious energy to be around and he is tremendous in that film uh, which sadly I believe walked away empty-handed so um, so as far as Mahershala Ali winning for Green Book not you know the movie is I think uh, not a technically Oscar worthy in my opinion but Mahershala Ali I think is the 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 shining light in that movie as far as his performance as far as uh, you know, the the controversy surrounding Green Book. I think Mahershala Ali is like one of the only people that's actually come out of that without any blemish, blemishes whatsoever. Um, it, it is a little weird to see him winning two Oscars so close together. Um, but it's also, you know, very exciting that uh, he is only the second uh, African-American to have more than one Oscar after Denzel Washington. So, um, you know, it's... it's uh, you know, it's not ideal to have Mahershala Ali win two Oscars so close together, especially one for a film that I'm, you know, less than enthusiastic about. But um, but he's such a great actor and he's, his performance is really strong in the film. So it's hard to kind of be mad at it at the same time. Um, actress in a leading role. This was my favorite win of the night, I think, for sure. Um, I... I you know, Yelitsa Aparicio, that's a tongue twister, uh, and I just mentioned the braces, so that doesn't help, uh, is really great in Roma. Glenn Close, who almost got this for The Wife, which I do feel is kind of an underrated film. Nobody's seen it, and it's gotten a lot of crap from, from people on uh, film Twitter and things like that, and I think it's, it's a decent film. Uh, I think her performance is really is really great in that, so it would have been nice to see her get kind of a career recognition for for that role. Uh, but you know, maybe she'll have another chance in the near in the near future now that she's back on the Academy's radar for this. Um, Gaga, she'll have another she'll she'll have other shots at this. She got the other one, which we'll get to in a little while. Uh, Emily McCarthy, same, she'll she'll be back. But Olivia Coleman. Uh, is not really as well known in the U.S. as she is overseas, obviously, for you know roles like The Crown and things like that. Um, so, who knows if she'll ever make it back to the Oscar stage? And the favorite is was one of my well favorite movies of 2018. So it's it, it you know the fact that it didn't win any other categories, uh, including original uh, screenplay, which we'll get to. Uh, this felt like it was basically the academy's way of of recognizing that film in some degree and if you're going to do it i feel i feel like emma stone and rachel vice which we'll get to in a second kind of cancel each other out olivia coleman is the anchor of that whole film she's she's obviously the one playing favorites um and her speech was was one of the best moments of the night uh, she just seemed so humble and so like uh so so funny the way that she reacted to everything and um it, it was a real it was a real treat to see her up there um recognizing what an honor it is to win and uh and just like really loving it so i was really happy for her to see that happen uh actress in a supporting role same with regina king i thought her speech was very powerful 
Uh, I've been a fan of her since Jerry Maguire. I think she should have at least been nominated for that performance, which she was not. Uh, Amy Adams, not, I love Amy Adams like everybody does, but Vice, she did not impress me particularly in that. And Marina de Tavira, I thought was great in Roma, but I don't think anybody, I feel like the not, that's one of the cases where the nomination was the, uh, you know, was as far as they were going to take it. And I already mentioned the people from The Favorite. So uh, if Bill Street could talk, had this was the only one that it won and that that was a very uh very underrepresented film at the academy awards this year un- unfortunately so like the favorite uh i thought that it's it's good that that film got in there at least somewhere and it makes sense that regina king who's been kind of the center of this conversation for this category for all a while um it's it's good that she got her oscar because she's nothing but consistent in every single movie and really is really the heart and soul of that film a lot of ways actually just when they showed the clip of her uh from early on and if Beale, if Beale Street could talk I uh I, you know it's it's you can get kind of the chills and and stuff from how committed she is to that performance so animated feature film uh having seen all five of these I can say unequivocally that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is by far the best uh which is Im- impressive that it won that it beat um an anime film uh, Wes Anderson Pixar and Disney to say that because Sony's other Spider-Man film uh, of last year was Venom and that, uh, you know, that's not anywhere near any kind of Oscar conversation. Um, even though Tom Hardy is admittedly uh, kind of fun to watch in that. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse really kind of, really sh- should have snuck into Best Picture in my opinion. I think it it's one of those rare animated films that, um, that, it steps outside and surpasses the you know any kind of genre. Yes, it's a superhero film. Yes, it's animated. Yeah, it has comedy and it, but it, it but it really is. It's really one of those that that uh, that breaks out uh, from the limitations that you might put on any one of those qualifiers to just be one of the best films of 2018. And it just barely missed my top ten. Um, so it's nice to see it win here. Plus, you know, you got to love the irony that Lord and Miller, who were supposed to work on Solo, a Star Wars story, and then got fired, um, that they ended up winning an Oscar as the producers of, of this film. So um, so happy to see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And hopefully that means Sony will explore that uh, that little sub version of the sub version of the franchise. Uh, well, sub version as in like a, a, a version within a version, but also a sub version of, uh, of uh, a lot of superhero films that we see. Um, and you know, green light multiple sequels going forward, spinoffs and things like that. Because I, they, there's so many different ways they could take that. Cinematography went, of course, to Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Uh, I think everybody kind of figured that would happen. Uh, you know, I, I was also kind of, I was also hoping that um, the favorite might sneak in there, but you can't really argue with Cuaron's work in, in general as far as cinematography is concerned. Uh, all his films look amazing, and Roma. Uh, which unfortunately I never got the chance to see on the big screen, um, just on Netflix, and I don't even think it was on my TV. I think it might have been on one of my mobile devices, my my uh, iPad or something. Uh, you know, there's no arguing with the fact that his movies look amazing. Even if, for me personally, Roma was one of the best picture nominees that I liked but didn't love, I uh, I do think that this is definitely a worthy win for him. And uh, there was a little bit of confusion last night when Kai and I were watching the Oscars. Uh, she, she was saying about how when he goes up for director, spoilers for an upcoming thing that we're going to talk about, um, how that was his 
fifth win or that he'd won three that night. And I think that's because of the foreign language film, which actually goes to the country. So um, congratulations to Alfonso Cuaron. Costume design went to Ruth Carter for Black Panther, which made me very happy and got me a little, got my hopes up a little bit early that uh, Black Panther was actually going to win bigger than it did. Um, but, you know, regardless of uh, the fact that, yeah, the favorite is, has great period outfits. Same with Mary Queen of Scots, Mary Poppins Returns, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Those are great costumes, but Black Panther had to create a a nation out of nothing. I mean, other than, you know, yeah, you have the comic books for reference, but there's a big difference between what works on the page and what works on the screen and the fact that Ruth Carter was able to make Wakanda feel so uh, uh, tangible, feel like a real place and have, uh, you know, design outfits that armor and, you know, superhero suits and, and uh, you know, formal wear for the royal family, all of this, I think went a long way towards making that uh, that world, that fantastical Afrofuturistic world of Wakanda really, uh, really feel like feel like a real feel like a real place feel like somewhere you can visit feel like it was made you wish that it really existed in the real world whereas you know it took three thor movies and i still don't really know what asgar is or have any kind of idea how it functions what the society is like you know at least now we know asgard's a people not a place so i guess we don't really have to care when all is said and done so uh that was a nice uh, a nice way to see black panther get that one directing went to alfonso Cuaron again for roma um, of course, he won for Gravity a few years ago. Uh, I was secretly hoping, or not so secretly, I guess, hoping that Spike Lee would get this one, um, just because I I was kind of thinking he might not get the screenplay one. Um, or I was hoping that Yorgos Lanthimos would get this, even though I knew that wasn't going to happen. I think everybody essentially assumed that Alfonso Cuaron would get this, but you know, it could have been worse. It could have gone to Adam McKay for Vice, so or Peter Farrelly for Green Book. So I'm glad that uh, uh, Cuaron, who is definitely one of those visionary filmmakers that every time he comes out with something, everyone takes notice. Um, if someone was going to uh, upset, uh, not upset, but if someone was going to take this one instead of Spike Lee or Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, I'm glad it was Quaron and not, uh, you know, not a filmmaker that is completely undeserving. Documentary feature went to Free Solo, which I feel really bad about because uh, I've had the screener for that for a while and I've been meaning to watch it. And I just it's just one that I've never got the chance to. Like I said, I'm not as well versed in documentaries as I should be. The only one of these that I have seen is RBG. Um so I definitely need to check out Free Solo. I've heard nothing but great things. So I will probably do that in the near future and uh, make sure I uh, I either do write a full review for CricketTable.com or I wrap that into sort of a, a uh, uh, review montage with uh, along with a couple other films. I'll have to see how, the, how I work that out. Documentary short, short subject went to period, end of sentence. Uh, as I said, I'm not really well versed on the shorts, so I haven't seen any of these, but uh, it came to my decision today, uh, to my attention today, that period end of sentence is on Netflix right now, streaming, and it's only I think like 26 minutes long. So I will definitely check that out uh, in the near future and uh, try and at least watch at least watch the winners for the short and documentary categories and things like that, uh, just to try and stay up to date on uh, what's going on in in the Oscar conversation. Um, film editing went to Bohemian Rhapsody, which is baffling to me and most people on film Twitter uh, just because the editing in that film is many one of many ways in which it is subpar at at, at best horrendous at worst uh, the fact that 
the favorite black Klansman. I mean, all these other, those would have been the other ones I would have preferred. Vice is, you know, kind of all over the place and, and, you know, green book is nothing special for as far as editing is concerned. The fact that Bohemian Rhapsody won that is makes little makes, okay. makes no sense to me. So, uh, you know, there were a few times throughout the evening that Bohemian Rhapsody was winning awards, and I was just like, "Okay, that's that's enough, Bohemian Rhapsody. You got your you got your time. Take take your seat and let some of the other much better films win." Uh, so you know, I, whatever. I don't I don't even know what to say about that one. I don't think there's any particular standout here as far as uh, you know, one that really should have won, one that I'm really passionate about and as far as film editing is concerned. It's just annoying to me that it went to probably the the one of the ones in this category that I would least hope was least hoping to see win. Uh foreign language film went of course to Roma, which the award I was mentioning earlier goes to Mexico. Uh, Cold War, I thought was a great film, and Shoplifters, I'm going to be uh, discussing on the podcast very soon, actually, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, I haven't seen the other two, Capernaum and Never Look Away, but uh, I mean, Roma knew we we knew this was going to be Roma. Roma was kind of at least locked into a few of these categories, and I think a lot of people were really kind of, were really expecting to see it get Best Picture, which I would have been okay with. Um, but uh, yeah, foreign language film was always was always kind of a foregone conclusion. Makeup and hairstyling, I feel like also was um, just because in Vice everyone is playing real people, and there's you know the Academy tends to lean towards you made you know Gary Oldman look like Winston Winston Churchill and that kind of uh, that uh, that kind of achievement they tend to recognize more than not. So I think everybody sort sort of assumed that Vice was going to take this, even though to my mind it really feels that Christian Bale should get some credit for transforming into Cheney since it was him that he, he, you know, what he did to his body is I think what really sells his, his, uh, his appropriateness or his performance as that character, uh, more so than the, the prosthetics on his face and, and on his, you know, creating, giving him bald head and things like that. Uh, original score. I know a lot of people were very pissed off that Nicholas Bertel did not win for if Beale street could talk. And, um, I mean, I don't, I don't blame them. That's a, that's a tremendous score. Uh, I think he did a great job with Moonlight as well, which lost to La La Land a couple of years ago. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, kind of sad that he's lost twice in a row. Uh, because I, I do think both of those scores are great, and I've listened to both of them several times. However, if he was going to lose to somebody, I am glad it was Lud- Ludwig Göransson for. Uh, Black Panther, because that's probably the score I've listened to the most this year, just because it, it has the right combination of sort of uh, poignant emotional uh, tracks and also the rousing adventure and uh, really gave Wakanda and its characters, um, its residents, I guess I should say, a uh, an anthem that the MCU can really stand behind. Whereas, you know, when you go see Avengers Infinity War, as soon as... Um, as soon as Cap is, oh, I, I know, I, I think I know somebody, and you hear this, the beginnings of the Wakanda theme, it's you're immediately you know transported to that that world, that story. So, um, and I think Ludwig Göransson's done great work in the past. So, if uh, Nicholas Patel was going to lose again to someone, I'm glad it had ended up being uh, Göransson and his score for Black Panther. Original song went to Shallow, which. You know, Lady Gaga, I, I'm a huge fan of her is in general, and uh, I've kind of been wanting to see her get a, an Oscar at some point. Um, I do think she's way more deserving here than she was as Best Actress, but it's disappointing to me also because the place where lost things go is 
uh, is definitely a, a tearjerker, one of the best songs in Mary Poppins Returns, one of the best moments in that film. Uh, and All the Stars I Love and Kendrick Lamar is also a, an insanely talented musician, so it would be nice to see him win as well. Um, but if uh, Star is Born was going to get anything, it definitely think it deserved this one. The song itself is, is not anything that I'm, you know, the composition is not anything that I'm specifically blown away by, but it's the fact that Lady Gaga and Mark Ronson, who I'm also a fan of, uh, that Lady Gaga is now an Academy Award winner, and the fact that her vocals on that on that song uh, are so are so jaw-droppingly powerful, um, and really what clinched is it is the fact that that is the high point of the film. Um, you know, I mentioned in a recent episode with Jackson Smith, uh, we were talking about Eighth Grade, and uh, Stars Born just came up naturally in the conversation, and uh, that film. Star is Born up to that point was really working for both of us. Uh, Shallow's kind of, in a way, the, the midpoint of the film almost, but really kind of the climax of it because everything after that falls downhill pretty fast for me. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's easily, easily one of the best scenes of any film last year, let alone in the Star is Born. So it's, uh, it's an easy one for the Academy to recognize. All right. Best picture went, uh, so I tweeted this out right before the show started, uh, that there were three categories of films that, uh, that of the way that I broke down best picture. So there were ones that I loved last year, and those were Black Panther, Black Klansman, and The Favorite. All three of those movies, I think, are easily 4.5 out of 5. All of them have something really, really intriguing and interesting to say about society and about, uh, you know, the culture and about uh, humanity and who we are as people and how we can move forward with things and, and how, you know, like the favorite has, has deals into the, the power dynamic and, um, and the black Klansman deals with race relations, which as the conclusion of that film really hammers home, uh, is very relevant today. And black Panther talks about uniting, uh, uniting all the people's for a common good and sharing knowledge with each other and working together instead of against each other, again, through the prism of race. Um, all three of those films are really, you know, I've said this before, either on the podcast, I think also in some of the videos I've done on YouTube. Um, I think maybe with the spotlight year, I, that, I think that year um, that for me, best picture really should say something about who we are, about where we want to go. And because it's a time capsule movie. As far as when we look back, we're like, oh, well, what was what summarized what what film best encapsulates that year, uh, what that year in cinema, in movies? Uh, I, that's why I think The Shape of Water was was a perfectly solid one. Um, that film has a lot of interesting subtext and things you can read into it. Moonlight, certainly Spotlight, Birdman was more a little bit self-serving on the on the the uh, on the, you know, side of Hollywood. And that's kind of that kind of thing. Um, so for me, that was would would have been great if it was one of those three that I loved. The ones that I liked were Roma, which you know I think has a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of technical precision, and the story is simple but has a has a point at least to make. Uh, a Star is Born as well, same thing as far as you know. Um, well, I don't want to get into spoilers. And then so then there were three that I really thought were either okay or average or below average so vice i just thought did not think was a good film i just thought it was all over the place it took the big short formula and shit all over it and push it too far and made little to no sense 
as a as a film itself, not like a clip show of like, oh, let's now let's imagine let's imagine how this conversation went. Um, the, you know, the acting uh, notwithstanding. Bohemian Rhapsody is to me basically a lifetime original movie or like a VH1 original movie about Queen. The music, yeah, the music's great, of course. As I was mentioning, the filmmaking is all over the place. It's mired in controversy with Brian Singer and that whole mess that everybody's tried to avoid the whole time. We nearly got a would probably would have been a very exciting, very kind of raw and uh, engaging film the, when Sacha Baron Cohen was attached. Um, instead, we get a sanitized version of it that plays loose with the facts, anchored by a performance of Rem, by Remy Malek that is solid and you know not Oscar worthy in my opinion, but you know, respectable. And I think he does a, a fine job with it, but does not paint an accurate portrayal of Freddie Mercury in the slightest as far as who that man, who the man really was and uh, really putting us inside his head. And then there's Green Book, which is a perfectly fine race, uh, racial drama. It's it's not awful. There's a lot of things, a lot of elements in but that make it very entertaining, but it's just very, it's just very superficial. It's just it's just very kind of flat. There's nothing in it that's exceptional. There's nothing in it that's profound. It, it plays with all kinds of stereotypes, and uh, and rather than delving into real character development, just uh, amplifies stereotypes out and kind of plays placates to the lowest common denominator. In my opinion, uh, there's nothing in that film that hasn't been said a million times. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people feels this way as well. We've really progressed past the, Hey, did you know white people and black people could get along? It's like, no shit. (laughs) Why don't we, you know, move on and try and challenge ourselves a little bit. So, uh, you know, admittedly the script is not good. Uh, I don't think there's anything in there that's award worthy in the slightest. Uh, so the fact that it won, uh, original screenplay is really frustrating for me as a as a writer and as a fan of intricate storytelling uh and not only you know dialogue and uh just the way that a a, a narrative is executed uh i you know there was nothing in that film that that led me to think that it was worthy of really any oscars to be to to be honest uh let alone best picture but at the same time you know I'm not as a as a straight white man, I'm not offended by what it's saying, but I totally understand why a lot of other people are offended by this the like sort of uh, whitewashing nature of the the racial tension in that film. Uh, I think it it is trying tr- it thinks it's saying something really powerful. Uh, I don't think it I don't think it really is and I don't particularly find the uh, Viggo Mortensen character endearing or someone I really want to root for. If anything, I, the Mahershala Ali character, uh, Doc Shirley, I think was much more compelling to watch, which is why I think Mahershala Ali's Oscar is a little more justified. But um, yeah, so easily one of the weakest Best Picture winners in recent memory for me. I know a lot of people are already saying about how it's the weakest since Crash. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd, uh, yeah, I guess I would quite, I guess I would kind of say that. Crash, I'd have, I need to rewatch it again, but I remember thinking it was really good at the time and then rewatching it a few years later with Kai and we were both like, oh, this isn't, that's like as good as I, I remember it being. But I also was not, 
you know, is very impressed by the artist. And I think The King's Speech was a fine film that didn't need to win Best Picture either. So is Green Book the weakest Best Picture since Crash? Uh, possibly. I don't. I definitely don't think it needed to be anywhere near the Oscar conversation. Uh, so the fact that it won and beat films like Black Panther, Black Klansman, The Favorite, Roma, and A Star Is Born, uh, all of which I think are far superior films that actually will bear repeat viewings, and that um, you know that have real visions behind them. And instead of tr- basically trying to make what looks like an Oscar movie and appealing to mass audiences who just want something that's like that that's the same kind of story they've seen 20 20 30 years in a row uh i mean i know it, it, the comparisons to driving miss daisy are not entirely unfounded so it just feels like a tremendous step backwards uh culturally for us to recognize green book as the best film of 2018 uh, i think it has its audience but it's not really it doesn't really represent who we are now where we're going where we should be going and uh there's nothing profound or particularly resonant about it at in 2019 so you know it's it's to me I, I mean I still found I found it fine and pleasant to watch for some for some parts throughout uh, even though there is some cringeworthy stuff in there so um, yeah that's that's all I have to say about best picture I've already gone on about that long enough and uh, hopefully we'll rebound next year with a better crop of nominees and recognizing the right ones. Um, production design went to Black Panther, which made me very happy because, I, as I was saying earlier, you just copy and paste everything I just said about Wakanda and the costume design because the production design, the way that the the sets are, are designed, the way that even the, the CG uh, background extensions, all that really makes you feel like you've stepped into uh, an actual country that that uh, combines sort of fantasy and science and everything. Um, I I would have liked to have seen Roma or The Favorite have been there as well. Uh, I still need to rewatch First Man um, and Mary Poppins Returns was was good, but I I don't think it needed to win the Oscar for that. Animated short film uh, went to Bow, the Pixar one that played before the uh, Incredibles two. It's also the only one of these I've seen. As I said, I haven't seen shorts very much, so I was happy to see that win. I don't know if it's the best of the five, but it's certainly, uh, especially now being a parent, it's certainly something that worked a lot for me. Uh, live action short film Skin, haven't seen it. Uh, trying to find it. It actually doesn't seem like it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime. And since I don't have Hulu, I don't haven't even checked that, obviously. But I, as I mentioned, I would like to uh, check that out, find track it down, and uh, and see you know what I think of that one. Sound editing, Bohemian Rhapsody. Sound mixing, Bohemian Rhapsody. I again didn't didn't need those. Uh, I would have only one I would have been okay with, Bohemian Rhapsody winning I guess as best actor, which it you know it did, and that was fine. Uh, but it doesn't take a lot of effort to mix together Queen music. That's um, just when you have. Films like A Quiet Place, which the sound design is the entire per- point of that movie. Like it's, it it does not work without top-notch sound design. Or Black Panther, which has a lot of a lot of uh, you know technology and those kinds of sounds going on. Or First Man, when you're dealing with space and the balance of noise and silence and that kind of thing. And Roma with all these crowd scenes is Bohemian Rhapsody winning essentially, I guess, for the Live Aid sequence. But not only winning sound editing, but also sound mixing, I think is kind of ludicrous and laughable, honestly. Uh, visual effects went to First Man. As I said, I have to rewatch First Man. I, I saw that and I, went, <laughs> I foolishly went to see it really late at night. And I was sort of 
glazing over by the end just because I was so tired. And as those of you who have seen it know, it's it's a very quiet kind of melancholic movie. It was not something I should have seen at like a 1030 screening uh, one night when I was out doing uh, doing writing and stuff. So uh, I definitely need to rewatch that. Christopher Robin, Infinity War and Solo, Star Wars Story. I wonder if we got a little bit of a Disney split there. It's interesting that three Disney movies we were nominated, none of them won. Uh, I think Infinity War could have gotten this one just because of the scope of it, um, and particularly the motion capture on Josh Brolin as Thanos. But, um, you know, I always feel like visual effects should go to something that, a film that puts something on the screen that is unlike anything we've seen before. So like the matrix or like the Lord of the Rings, the uh, films, especially, you know, again, with the motion capture with Gollum, uh, in the latter two. So, uh, you know, first man is a fine winner. I don't know that I'm particularly care about who, which one of these won. I, I think they all have their, uh, have their pluses and minuses, um, as far as visual effects are concerned, but there was nothing that really blew me away. Writing for adapted screenplay went to Black Klansman, which made me very, very happy. Uh, I also would have been fine with if Beale Street could talk or Can You Ever Forgive Me? The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's like now we're just nominating the Coens because they made a movie. <laughs> and I mean, I watched that recently and it's it's fine. Some of the segments are, are a lot of fun, especially the first one with Buster Scruggs. Everything else after it, I'm like, it just, I don't know. It's a very mixed bag for me. So I don't think it should have been really nominated for a screenplay at the very least. Um, a Star is Born. Again, it's the fourth version of the story. Yeah, there's some new wrinkles. There's some new touches here and there. And the first half is obviously, as I mentioned, much more, uh, much stronger as in, in more character focused than the second half where it falls into just, you know, the same kind of almost it's I mean it's not based on anybody particularly but that same kind of music biopic feel where it's self-destruction and they're growing apart because this one's getting successful and this one's career is sort of waning and you know all that uh it does build to somewhere that I think is is very emotional and uh you know I'm not going to take that away from the ending but I mean this is again this is the fourth version of Star is Born if you know anything about those films you know more or less where this is headed so i don't think that uh, it didn't reinvent the wheel i don't think it needed an oscar but black Klansman, and i've listened to the audiobook of the book that it's based on i think that film i think that story is very it's a very interesting tonal balance i feel like i mentioned this on the last when i talked about the nominations in that it, it is both really hilarious and really disturbing at the same time and like vacillates from one extreme tone to the other from scene to scene. And as I was mentioning earlier, I really wanted to see Spike Lee win something this year because it's been a while since he's been at the forefront of the Oscar conversation in this way. And I knew he wasn't going to get Best Director because we all knew that was probably going to go to uh, Alfonso Cuaron, which it did. Um, so it's, it's you know, I'm glad that he got that. It's probably, it's definitely my favorite of these films. Um, if Beale Street would have been a great one too, but Barry Jenkins just got... Uh, just got one a couple years ago for Moonlight. And can you for- forgive me? I-, I like that film quite a bit, but I don't love it like a lot of people do. So um, for me, Black Klansman was an easy win. Original screenplay for Green Book. The, the fuck? <laughs> I just said how I think the screenplay in that is not very good. I think the scripts for uh, I think the script for Vice is also not very good. Um, First Reformed, I have a lot of I have a lot of issues with, especially that ending left me very cold. Roma to me is not a screenplay movie. Roma to me is a spectacle movie, a character movie. There's nothing in the particular writing that I think makes that film uh, makes that film really pop. What 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 makes it work is 
that it's it's a slice of life film. It's uh, it's living with these characters. It's the performances. It's the you know as it, as as I mentioned earlier, it's the production designs, things like that. It's creating an aesthetic and a mood, and that's something that Quan is really good at. So not necessarily in this case the screenplay. I don't I don't think there's I don't think it's as uh, it's not as rich as some of these other ones. Um, I was obviously really hoping for the favorite. I think the fact that 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 film works and uh, like Black Klansman has such a mix of tones where it's like um, sort of a period piece style of like a Mean Girls-esque satire, but it also has like a lot of uh, a lot of darkness to it. Um, the, the, it's rich, three rich characters that we all care about, that we all understand and that we all kind of at varying points want to see succeed uh, in their in their objectives and uh, you know that you're you're constantly that was one of those films that I was super engaged with the entire time like I don't even think I got up to go to the bathroom because I actually I, I I've actually watched that on a screener as well for the uh, holiday binge in December when I wrote all these reviews and I was just completely locked in and completely into it the whole time there was not I don't think there was one moment or sequence in that film that I was disinterested or getting bored or where there was it was overstaying its welcome there was consistently uh consistently um impressive what Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara were pulling off in that film and the fact that it did not win is a, is a real bummer to me so that's the end of the categories here uh as in summation it was a very mixed bag of a night I think uh you know there was a lot of good stuff that that did win Lady Gaga's uh performance with Bradley Cooper and subsequent uh, speech and win for Best Original Song was a standout. Olivia Coleman, as I mentioned, for Best Actress. Uh, Spike Lee and the fact that not only did he win for uh, Best Adapted Screenplay for Black Klansman, finally getting his first Oscar, but the fact that it was presented to him by Samuel L. Jackson, who also, may I add, had tremendous chemistry with Brie Larson, which makes me even more excited to uh, to see Captain Marvel in about a week or so. It's um it was it was kind of an all over the place Oscar. Uh, I think at this point, even the most ardent Oscar fans are really just glad this award season is over. It has been insanely chaotic between the host drama, the popular film uh, situation, the uh, the uh, the idea about presenting certain awards during the commercial breaks and and not not nobody really knowing what the hell was going on. Just it's. It, it it was very it was very um let's just say this it was very entertaining for Kai to sit next to me and watch me get either super excited or super pissed off every other five minutes as uh, as the ceremony was on um so you know I'm I'm really kind of I'm just glad to be past all of this and uh, you know it's unfortunate that Green Book ended up walking away with the the top prize. Uh, but there was a lot of there were a lot of worthy wins that happened that night, uh, last night. So, uh, you know, I'm just glad we could put this past us and move forward. Hopefully, I think this does represent a little bit of a changing of the guard in the academy. We're seeing a lot more diversity there. It feels like for a while it felt like everybody up there was either uh, uh, black or a woman or Asian, and there was like a widespread of films getting nominated and or winning. Uh, oh, we all, also Latin. We have, of course, Quaran and Roma. Um, 
a wider spread of stories being recognized at the Academy. Um, not everything necessarily fits into your little, your little Oscar film boxes. So I think that is definitely a good thing. We're starting to see things progress a little more in that direction. Uh, it just feels like we're going through a little bit of a growing pains period um, right now that, you know, may bear uh, more, more satisfying Oscar telecasts in the years to come. So, uh, let me know what you thought about the Academy Awards. You can reach me on Twitter at Crooked Table. I know I always have the outro where I go into all that as well. Uh, normally, this is a show where we talk about a certain film that's selected by whichever guest we have that week. Uh, so stay tuned for other episodes coming up in the weeks to come. If this is your first one listening to the Crooked Table podcast, it's usually not just me rambling on for what it looks to be about 45 minutes. Um but I had to take this opportunity and, you know, I've been watching the Oscars since at least I've been hardcore into the Oscars since Titanic won that year. So, you know, it's always it's like my Super Bowl in a lot of ways. And um, I just wanted to take this opportunity and just kind of vent about what I liked and what I didn't like uh, at the show last night. And, uh, yeah, just let me know what you thought, which which winners you were happy to see. Are you team Green Book? Uh, and if so, do we have to fight or can we just agree to disagree? Um, so that'll be all for the Crooked Table podcast this, uh, this week. This is actually not the main podcast this week. There's one that was just posted earlier today. So, um, you know, you can check that one out and get a taste of what the show is usually like and, uh, hopefully stick around for more exciting, uh, conversations to come. We're going to be talking about shoplifters, as I mentioned in an upcoming episode, and I have a bunch of other, um, exciting ideas in the queue for new episodes new guests to bring on so stay tuned for that and uh, thanks for listening to the crooked table podcast catch you next time if you're interested in joining me on the show to chat about one of your favorite films head on over to crookedtable.com slash guest or you can consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash crooked table of course you can always find more podcasts reviews videos and other movie related goodies over at crookedtable.com until next time this has been the crooked table podcast and i've been rob this has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. That's the yard of a little KED.